My topic for this morning is faith and belief. And it's something that I've thought about for a long time, so I, nothing that I'm going to say this morning is in any commentaries or any um, places you might find in the library that's all original Richard, but I've spent a lot of time on it, and I'm going to propose it to you this morning. Faith and belief. Now, religious people tend to use those two words interchangeably. However, I believe they are, in fact, very, very different. And I also think that knowing the difference can be absolutely life-saving. So what's the difference between the two? Well, here's the short answer. Belief is holding on, and faith is letting go. Belief is holding on, and faith is letting go. Let's take a simple example. Let's take marriage, for example. On their wedding day, a couple stands at the altar and they pledge their shared belief in a lifelong marriage. However, the instant they turn and they walk down that aisle, their shared belief becomes a walk of faith. A few years ago, I officiated at my very first sunrise wedding. A nice young couple talked me into getting up at 4.45 in the morning and meeting them at 5.15 so they could recite their vows at the break of dawn. But that wasn't all. They wanted their ceremony to take place on a popular swimming bluff overlooking the ocean. And I'll never forget that morning, the bride and the groom, the parents and grandparents, a few close friends and me crawling up that bluff all half asleep. Well, after a brief opening prayer, the bride and the groom recited their vows. They stated their belief to each other. The belief that they would love each other in plenty and in want, in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, as long as they both shall live. That was followed by the exchange of the rings, the pronunciation, and of course, the kiss. And that's when it happened. Directly following my benediction, the two of them walked to the edge of the rock, held hands, and fully clothed, jumped 30 feet into the ocean. We were completely dumbfounded, and we watched as the two of them rose to the surface of the water, kissed a second time, and began swimming. For the next few minutes, we watched as they swam side by side back to shore. We watched as they began their faith journey together. Belief is holding on. Faith is letting go. Raising children takes both as well. As parents, we deeply believe in sunscreen and swimming lessons and not getting in the car with strangers, but that's not enough. In fact, if it stops there, the mother and the father live in constant fear, and what they model to their children is constant fear instead of faith. And the child, as a result, lives in constant frustration. So sooner or later, every parent needs to accept the fact that raising children is also an act of faith, the slow process of letting go. From sleepovers to summer camp to college dorms, parenting is always a combination of belief and faith. And finally this, every now and then, faith and belief do not agree. Sometimes faith is letting go of a strongly held belief and moving forward to a new one. 
That is my definition of spiritual growth. Sometimes faith is letting go of a strongly held belief and moving forward to a new one. On their wedding day, the bride and groom pledge their belief in death do us part. However, over time, some grew apart for one reason or another. And after years of trying to make it work, they had to faithfully let go of that belief so they could separate, move forward, and believe in a new future. A mother and father truly believed after their child graduated from college, they would find the love of their life, get married, and produce grandchildren together. And then one day the child comes home and tells them that he or she is in a same-sex relationship. And so they must together faithfully let go of that old family belief, move on, and embrace a new one. Sometimes faith is letting go of a strongly held belief and moving forward for a new one. And I would submit to you this morning that religion is no exception. Religion is all about belief, is about holding on to what is timeless and true, like the Ten Commandments or the Beatitudes, but it's also all about faith, about letting go of outdated man-made beliefs. As we saw the last couple of weeks, Galileo could no longer believe that the sun revolved around the earth, so he faithfully proposed a new belief. Martin Luther could no longer believe in the selling of indulgences, so he faithfully nailed a new belief to the chapel door. And as it turns out, they're both in very good company. Enter our gospel reading for this morning. One Sabbath day, Jesus and his entourage are cutting through a grain field. They are all incredibly hungry. So they pluck some heads of grain and they go to work. But some of the Pharisees objected, saying, you're breaking the law by working on the Sabbath. To which Jesus replied, lighten up, guys. My people are hungry. As Lord of the Sabbath, I always choose people over policy. And then he offers an example from history, our first reading for this morning. He looks them in the eye and he says, do you not recall when King David did something very similar? Do you not recall when he and his entourage ate the bread of presence in the temple? the bread that was reserved exclusively for the priests. Now, the Jewish bread of presence is similar to the loaf that you see on our communion table this morning. It is a kind of symbolic prop for breaking and blessing. However, in many churches, it is not consumed by the people. Instead, there are little squares of wonder bread on the plates, or in our case this morning, these little uh, COVID kits. So let me ask you something. What if that same thing happened in this church that happened in our first reading? What if some very hungry people, after I blessed and broke the bread, came up that aisle and stood there and asked to take the loaf with them to consume it? What would we do? Would we send them away hungry? I would hope not. Rather, I like to believe that we would faithfully let go of traditional belief, that we would choose people over policy and graciously give them that whole loaf and bless them on their way. There are so many man-made beliefs around communion that are not biblically based. For example, the belief that only priests can bless and break the bread, 
the belief that if people don't believe certain doctrine of the church, they are not welcome to receive communion. They're not welcome to come to the table if they don't believe certain things. And I got to tell you, that one really bothers me. Because the head of the communion table is Christ. Christ is the host, not the pastor or the priest or the pope. And Christ is all about unconditional grace, which means everyone is welcome, young and old, rich and poor, lost and found. Last week, President Biden went to Rome to visit his good friend, the Pope. President Biden is pro-choice. He did not used to be. His belief changed. Well, after he met with the Pope, a reporter raised his hand and said, how did it go, Mr. President? And the president smiled and replied, he said I was a good Catholic and I am welcome to receive communion. So even the Pope faithfully lets go of man-made beliefs. So what about you all? Are you clinging to an outdated belief this morning? We all do, and it's human. So it's good to ask that question to ourselves every now and then. And a telltale sign that we are clinging to an outdated belief is a tenacious and sometimes explosive anger. Have you noticed how angry people are in our country today? I find it puzzling. The stock market is on fire, as are our 401ks. There are jobs aplenty. And thank science, we are finally starting to wiggle free from the clutches of COVID-19. So why all the anger? Why in the last year has there been over 5,000 incidents of unruly passengers on airplanes, one in five of them physical assaults? What do you think? I think all that anger is a result of people holding on to outdated belief. The people who stormed the Capitol on January 6th were not bad people. Rather, they were men and women who really believed that the election was stolen. They really believed that they were saving our democracy. They really believed this because their president, the secular equivalent of the Pope, said so. We know better now. The election results have been vetted time and again by independent companies with Republican head leadership. So case closed, game over, the election was legitimate. But the problem is thousands of people are still holding on to that outdated belief. And that's where all the anger is coming from. And it's all mixed in with COVID and all the unruliness on airplanes. And sadly, some of our so-called leaders are promoting it, and it is tearing our country apart. So this is where religion can become helpful. A religion that is kind and forgiving and graceful. A religion that says, yes, it's really hard to let go of a strongly held belief. But it's also humble and human and courageous. A religion that praises people who faithfully let go of old beliefs that look backward and divide. A religion that praises people who embrace new beliefs that lean forward and unite. 
The salvation of our country and our world depends on it.